Welcome to Breakfast with Candles podcast. Simply put, this is a podcast that explores John Hughes films. On this second episode, we talk about Pretty in Pink. Enjoy. Welcome, Jordan. What's up, man? <laughs> Welcome to Pretty in Pink. Here we go on another episode. So, Pretty in Pink is one that I believe you had not seen before. Never, ever. Haven't seen it. And this is one I actually saw later in life. Unlike a lot of the John Hughes films, I saw, you know, growing up, and just like I think a lot of people our age probably did. Um, but this, this is one... Honestly, I heard it on another podcast. Somebody mentioned it, and I was like, wait, I need to watch this movie. How have I how have I not watched it up until this point in my life? So It's definitely one of those, for sure. It was streaming for a while, and then, you know, now, now you have to buy it. But hey, it's worth it. Yeah, I rented this <laughs> so, on Voodoo. So, no, yeah. no, no. Actually, surprise, I rented it on the Microsoft video <laughs> store. How about I saw that? you on there. You Mo- saw me movies on Movies and TV snooping? was your status. I was like, here we go. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Now we're talking. You're getting pretty, Jordan. You're getting pretty in <laughs> pink. All right, I'm ready for some pinions. You ready for pinions? Oh, yeah. All right, Definitely. Great. So um, I don't even really... It's interesting. When it comes to a movie that you've seen for the first time, sometimes it's like, I don't know where to start. <laughs> Saving Jordan's wine from the dog. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Get this out of the way from the dog. <laughs> Ollie, no wine for you. Continue. <laughs> but basically, the, when usually when coming out of the movie after talking about it, I try to think of what did the movie try to do mm-hmm. and what did it succeed in. Mm-hmm. This is as fu- this is our first Molly Ringwald um, one that we're covering. That's right. Obviously, it's our second episode only, but he's wor- uh, John Hughes first work- of many. Yeah, Ringwald. We're gonna get a few Ringwald films, yeah. and uh, thing I believe. Hughes described Ringwald as his muse. And so I've only seen... I'm sure no one would be surprised Yeah, if you know the movies he made. It's all up in there, <laughs> and I've only seen one. I've seen... The only other one I've seen is uh, Breakfast Club. And so this mm-hmm. is the only... I think the only other Ringwald performance I've seen other than... This is a really bad introduction. I think this is actually <laughs> the first thing I've seen Molly Ringwald in was the TV miniseries The huh. Stand. She huh. was in it. She's no good in what, that. What, what year was that? That was early to mid '90s, something like that. It was okay, like okay. The Stephen King was going going. So a little later in her uh, heyday. Oh, <laughs> the twilight of her heyday, you right, might say. Right. But I think this is also it may be the first Ringwald Hughes movie we're doing, but I believe it is the last that was Hughes it? did with her. Huh. At this point, I, I believe, didn't realize that. Yeah, okay. after this, I believe a rift did form between them. But one of the questions is, what's so special about her? Why did he pick her all this time? I right. think that's something that we will right. discuss today. What what's, what's, what is the plot of this? What's going on here? What's going on in so, Pretty in Pink? It's a fashion Molly movie. Ringwald is the star, Andy. And it's really, it's all, it, I mean, it starts about her and her father. And then it, you know, evolves into her and her relationship with different boys at the school. And then she has her good friend, Iona who owns the record store. So oh, it's, it's like, it's really, it's a relationship movie, I guess, if we're going to, you know, break it down into one general thing. It's, yeah. it's all about her and her relationship with her missing relationship with her mother, 
her relationship with her father that's obviously strained in different times that we'll talk about and uh her relationship with ducky who i think you know i have a lot to say about him <laughs> uh-huh i think everyone has a lot to say about him and i did then, not see this but when i was talking to someone else saying oh yeah i gotta see pretty and pink for the show that i'm doing right they'll be like oh yeah ducky i love ducky yeah. and i was like okay so that yeah when I watched the movie, I, th- I, think, I was ready I think we for can, Ducky. We can, we can easily say he's the standout in this movie. Yeah, and whichever One of John way Cryer's you're standing, he best, is the stand- best characters, I would say. Yeah. I mean, mm, okay, John Cryer, Ducky, he's definitely a think, memorable force in this movie, for yeah, sure. Yeah, for sure. But, so, Andy, so basically, this is an outcast kind of movie, right? Where she's right. meant to be an outcast. We see her, she's living with her dad, who's a single mm-hmm. parent. She's taking care of them, sort of. It's obvious from the beginning that, you know, she's the the one who wears the pants in the family. And yeah. She's always pushing her dad to go get a job. And Seems make... like a perfectly nice guy, but he's a bum, I guess. <laughs> Whatever. For It's kind of unclear, word. though. It's mm-hmm. their, their relationship is interesting, I think. You know, by the end of the movie, there's kind of the whole climax of their relationship. And you kind of learn that, you know, uh, what's Jack is his name. That he's, you know, he's a multi- faceted guy that you, it's hard yeah. to understand you know exactly what's going on but clearly he's very emotional you know romantic who's had his heart broken so i think he plays and he's working a lot hard of against that <laughs> there's a lot of there's a similar thread that goes into this movie about moving on past certain things and i yeah. think he plays into that for sure but seems like a nice guy though <laughs> and so it seems that she makes her own clothes and yeah, she doesn't right. have a lot of money. Uh, from Which what, is a theme throughout the movie. Yeah, throughout. A big what, theme. What I could the see. Richies, the Richies. The Richies, as they call them, for sure. <laughs> um, and that, that really, to me, seems to be it. I mean, she goes to school. She's made fun of. Like, straight away. These girls right. are making fun of her for yeah. clothes. Yeah. Which, what's the verdict on her clothes, Luke? We're not... Neither of us are fashionistas <laughs> or whatever. But... I feel like it's a big part of the movie. I feel like I think I feel like everyone's clothes look weird back then. Yeah, that, it's very true. <laughs> Even the rich people, it was like you still look weird. It's just the '80s, I it, guess. It's you very know? '80s. It was a little bit before our time, so the common We're more element, like '90s kids. So <laughs> uh, watching it with uh, watching it with Amber, like the the big thing that she'd always notice was that you know, I mean. Amber being reasonably into you know fashion and girls' clothes, obviously yeah. being a, being a woman, know uh, what she'd say that the outfit looks good except for one element that is outrageous <laughs> that just makes the entire thing look ridiculous. <laughs> and she'd always be like, "That would be good without that." I don't know whether yeah, it's the yeah. frills that she put on it, but whatever. Enough. There's a lot of that in the '80s. <laughs> I guess that's the most we're going to talk about her fashion, but that seems to be kind of the biggest thing. That's what she's made fun of for, yeah. but she's made fun of terribly. Yeah. Very mean right. to her. A lot of bullying. A lot of a lot, a lot <laughs> of sure. cattiness between uh, her and her classmates. But, but we, we quickly are introduced to Ducky in the movie here at the quickly. beginning in the hallways. He's got his glasses on, and there's I, I don't remember what song's playing, but kind of yeah, the they, music in this movie they, is good. They, but I don't. Really it's really funny how they kind of make him seem cool there, and then it's like quickly obvious that <laughs> he's yeah. kind of the dork and the guy who's trying to fit in. He tries very hard. Yeah. Like that's that's what's obvious from the beginning that Ducky is trying very hard, very big personality. It's immediately obvious that he loves 
that he loves Andy. Like, yeah. very obvious. Obsessed. He makes his personality very large so that she will notice him. Right. And he tries to kind of be, like, nonchalant about everything, but he's obviously trying <laughs> the, like, extremely Reminds hard. me of so much of myself in high school. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us can, you know, we can notice that whenever we like a... Like uh, someone in high school, we try just trying to impress everyone. You know, yeah. I mean, it's like you're trying to impress your friends, you're trying to impress the girls, mm-hmm. you're even trying to impress the teachers. It's just. Did you get a sense we're dealing with seniors here in high school? I didn't think so. There's a lot of talk about well, what we're doing after yeah, this. There's some talk right. about that. So I, they didn't talk about what it a did lot, they say? You know, they okay. So Andy is tutoring Ducky. It seems that's one of the ways they're hanging out. They go to the bar and then they kind of study together. Well, he was trying to, in the one part, they talk about him trying to fail on purpose. That's right. So he has another year of high school. So it's almost like maybe she has another year in addition and he's only got this year. That's what I thought. So he's trying to stay in school to hang out with her more. They didn't go too far into that. That seemed like the only scene where they kind of talk about that, which is insane, by the way. So let's say junior seniors. Junior seniors, good. That it fits. <laughs> Some of these kids like look a lot older than they are and play a lot older than we are. Like our uh, yeah, like our friend Steph that we meet. He's like one of the first Richies <laughs> that we meet. Steph, James Spader, James Spader. That's young, young shocking. James Spader. <laughs> shocking to see him here with his long hair and his young face. I... Way before all the success he's had. Mm-hmm. Way before Ultron. and Way before that. Yeah, and so he immediately hits very crudely on uh, on Andy. He hits on her, right? Is that <laughs> what we're to believe, that that's like his way of trying it, to... It seems like a nonchalant scene that kind of is a big deal later. Yes. Because it's like later, it's like, oh yeah, you really want me, but you're making sure everyone else thinks that you don't but it's like when you first see it it's kind of like oh this is just some blow off you know as she's walking through the parking lot mm-hmm. it was interesting exactly but he's immediately kind of you can recognize that he's a douche or a jerk <laughs> i should say he tosses him to the curb because he's obviously not a great guy apparently we're gonna meet blaine later but apparently um james spader was offered the part of blaine and he was like no nah, because I'd rather play a villain. I'd rather be the jerk. Yeah, yeah. So Of course. Yeah, so and I think that's <laughs> probably the way to go. Just the way he kind of appears in this movie, it's it, it, it fits the part for sure. Yeah, right. And yeah. from other parts he's had later in his career, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. And so Andy, okay, another like relationship of her. She works at a record store. Right. This is where we move to the record store. We get to meet two of the most important people in the movie. Yes. Iona. And Blaine. Wow, yeah. I'm going to say it here. Uh, There's some characters that do nothing for me in this movie and some characters I kind of attach myself to. Yeah. I dig Iona. I like her. I agree. I think she's quirky. Some of the reactions to the stuff. She's a lot of fun. Yeah, she is supposed to be like 15 years older than everyone else in the movie or something. I'm thinking she's like my age now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to tell, though. She looks good. She looks almost exactly like yeah. <laughs> uh, Molly Ringwald. But I did look it up. They they are... That's close to accurate. Is that right? As far as how old yeah. those actors are. So she's but. maybe 30 and the other girl's like 17 or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, but she has a quirky personality. She doesn't have, seems to have guy trouble with like every dude. And every single scene, every single scene, her hair is different. <laughs> 
That's something that makes her so much fun. She's just got that personality and the crazy style and her hair. And she's stapling records to the ceiling. And this is the best scene. thing ever. She goes on and on about it. I feel like I've seen that <laughs> so many times in like record stores, diners, and everywhere else. I've yeah. seen that so many times. Not, <laughs> not a new thing, Iona, but maybe it was at the time. Who's to say? I really enjoy when Blaine walks into the record store here and the saxophone jazz starts oh, playing. Yeah. Slow-mo bit? I just, that's, slow-mo? that's part of what I love about these older movies, just cheesy scenes like mm-hmm. that. It's like, we want you to know that this guy's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. There's, there's a He's scene. the love interest. <laughs> I think almost every one of these films will have a scene like that. I'm looking forward to every single one. There's also a heartbreak scene as well that we'll get to right. later. Right, right. I love it so much. Involves some running, as usual. Yeah, but he buys a, a white hot album, which that she would describe. <laughs> Is this a good album? It's white hot. So <laughs> they connect immediately over this, I guess. He, I, I guess it's to be assumed. Who was it? You remember? No. I, I remember looking <laughs> at it and I didn't recognize him, so I didn't get into it. I was like, oh, whatever. There's a lot of music in this that is familiar to my ears, but I don't like know. They're, they're not yeah. like the big hits of the 80s, to me at least. I don't right. know. But good music. Good mu- good music in this movie. Yeah. Very sufficiently cheesy 80s that I would ex- theme, come to expect. A theme through all these John Hughes movies, just great music. Oh, yeah. Just mixed all in. Another thing that made me want to do this podcast all mm-hmm. the more. But she just seemed... love those guitar riffs. <laughs> oh, yeah. She seems to be uh, talking a lot about the prospect of going to prom or not right at this point that seems to be her goal Mm -hmm. is to go to prom and yeah and iona's casually trying to tell her that it's super important by what telling her that some lady had flashbacks that she was missing something in her life and she she checked everything and everything's here wait it's because i didn't go to the prom She's one of those people that you know that like <laughs> hang out with uh, younger people, but because like they're deeply nostalgic yeah. and they kind of want to relive some of those moments of their life. That she even says later, "You're gonna overdose on nostalgia." That's <laughs> totally her, and I yeah. yeah, I can I understand the impulse, even though I don't have many friends in high school <laughs> to say the least. But yeah, uh, ah, man, I like Iona. But anyways. <laughs> Annie Potts is the uh, actress that played her. What else? She looked, she had a familiar face, but I, I could not. Yeah, definitely. I could not understand where she was at, where she was uh, familiar to me. But I don't know. But so. She was in Ghostbusters. Oh my gosh, that's you're where, right. That's where she's familiar for you. Sorry about the bug eyes thing. Uh, so she's good. also in Toy Story as Bo Peep. Oh my gosh, this is. <laughs> that's crazy. She's yeah, like I just saw her in another movie this very weekend. She's going to be in the new Ghostbusters that. too. What the twenty twenty one? Wow, <laughs> wild. So the way they kind of meet is hilarious to me. So they're in the she Andy's in the library minding her own business and just for the second time you mean for yeah. the second time yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, television yeah, yeah and text just just text pops up on the screen <laughs> and. She's in the middle of watching news stories, I guess, for school. Yeah. Some kind of history thing. We were still not, like, from the 80s and 90s, there's just these movies where we just don't completely understand how computers work. And so they just do these magical things that I question. Obviously, there's no big deal today sending text to another computer and sharing a picture. But 
for me at this time, I'm wondering how on earth did they do that? Because I thought televideo was literally just like it played videos on a screen, but is that what that was? I don't know. It, if that's true, like what? It just it didn't make any sense. There was no prompt. There was no window that popped up. It was yeah. Just, here it comes. You just do whatever you want. And later <laughs> on, she calls it a computer trick. I thought that was very funny. It's like, oh, yeah, your computer trick. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you're like, he's like, do you know who I am? They call he it sends, hacking now. <laughs> I guess so. And he sends her sends her a picture of herself and then a picture of him. And he rises up with that little, that cheeky little smirk. Right. Yeah. Very great. Andrew but, Dice Clay is the bouncer as well was another note that I just love. No freaking way. <laughs> He's got the dice shirt on, and he, he's called the Dice Man. I just love that. Is this it's in great. his heyday? Are we at the the high point of Andrew Dice Clay as well? I don't know. I feel like it was kind of early. He's hmm. been in so many things, but I I feel like this was early for him. Maybe, maybe this was the start. So when does when does he ask her on a date? I, I get that mixed up. So he in, asks her on a date at some point. I think he like goes out to like her area of the school it's like you know it's that kind of movie where there's a section of the school that oh right. this is where the the outcast the, the outcasts and the weirdos <laughs> hang out and they look at him like what are you doing you preppy richie but yeah. he just goes on to ask her on a date right so <laughs> yeah another classic 80s and 90s thing where the school <laughs> is very neatly divided into certain sections mm-hmm, and so yeah sure why not i don't know i wasn't in school in the 80s i'm too young for this but um she's very excited about this obviously it's it's one of those things where i feel like we wouldn't appreciate so much of this if we'd watched it then because there's so much just nostalgic value to it that it's just like oh look at them you know dressed the way they were it's so 80s and Mm -hmm. music so 80s but it's like if we watch this then, like we wouldn't be thinking about any of that. You know, if a movie like this came out now, it'd be like, oh, okay. It would come and go so quickly. Very true. So there's definitely a value to this kind of style and movie just back then because it wasn't something that a lot of people were doing. You know, it wasn't, there weren't a lot of these like feel good, like high school movies. And Very magical. Yeah. I think that's well. one of the things that John Hughes, he kind of got credit for because he was, he was doing something that nobody had been doing before. It, it wouldn't be even close to revolutionary now, but you know, it was interesting then because it was new and it was, it was fun. Yeah. Very much. A lot so. of stuff wasn't as fun and you know, it was as young as this. Mm-hmm. And so I think lest we forget Ducky is very much in this movie. <laughs> he seems to be confiding. In he steals everyone. every scene. I mean, that's why I think, yeah, I, I think he steals the movie. Every scene he's just, He's so flamboyant, big. And, yeah. But here, you know, here's my question. Well acted. So what he's what he's doing? He's confiding in everyone. Confides in like the bouncer, Andrew Dice Clay. Confides in. He confides in her dad, which is a a bold move, I must say, to be right. like, I love your daughter, or whatever. Right. But not only that, he goes on and on about how he's going to marry her and oh provide gosh. for her. And... But okay, so she, in my opinion, it's kind of it's kind of weird how. And he seems a little annoyed by him in ways. Like sometimes he seems entranced by him, and other times it's like, uh, but I guess that's kind of a symptom of growing up yeah. with a person, right? The one part she's like, I, there hasn't been a day since seventh grade that I haven't talked to you, and it's it's gonna be hard to, you know. It was like she was talking about him moving on after high school or whatever, and yeah, 
you know, it was like how much she just loved hanging out with him and how he was such a good friend. And then, you know, the other time when she's waiting on uh, Blaine to call, you know, and Ducky's called 400 times. Which oh, my gosh. I don't know how. Verged on creepy a little bit. She's like, <laughs> for sure. Message after me. Hey, still here? Hey, you there? It's me. It's Duck. It's the Duck Man. Yeah. All it's right, like she bye. clearly is very annoyed by that. And then she tells him, I'll just talk to you tomorrow. But then tomorrow, like, there's no mention of like, are you okay? Like, why yeah. are you calling me this much? Like, this seems to be business as usual with him, which, you know, it's easy in this movie to judge her, to be like, wow, you're an idiot for not understanding that this guy right. is in love with you. But I guess it's like, he's been there probably doing that very thing for so long. Yeah. It's hard for her to even like understand that. She never does seem possible. to understand that. She never does. It's strange. <laughs> like the, like it never comes to that where they have to come to terms with how he feels. Yeah. It's never. She's always just like, Oh, he's such a good friend. Even yeah. till the end. It's and, interesting. And so I think the biggest, one of the bigger scenes with him is what he comes in after she got, gets asked for the date. She goes to the record store and he comes in to a love me tender and dances all over the place. Right. Right. I love that scene. It's yeah. a try, try a little tender. Try a little tender. Yeah. my bad. <laughs> I looked it up because I just... Something tender It's just was so great. Something Honestly, tender. I wish that had been like one of the earlier scenes. That would have been a great way to introduce Ducky because mm-hmm. it really just wraps up his her whole personality and who he is a, as a character in this movie. What, what Ducky is doing for me in this movie, uh, he's adding flavor to it for sure, but... I've only found myself, I think, like maybe two or three times actually finding myself laughing at what he was doing. Some of it was like, some of it was like the whole spectrum. Some of it was funny. Some of it was annoying. Some of it was kind of like, okay, this is just a fun time. You know, I'm right. having fun right. with the movie at this point. And it seems like John Hughes is really loving the whole, because the last movie we reviewed, we also had a lip sync performance, right. which I, I prefer <laughs> this performance much better than to yeah, Matthew Broderick on the floats right doing Dakache for sure but Try uh, a little tenderness it's just it's, it's made for this scene yeah it's really good and he, he does a good job job with it apparently he did it like so many times on the set that he actually like huh. tore through his shoes <laughs> which that sounds excruciating but um <laughs> at this point he Doug Andy is actually reveals to poor Ducky that she has a date right with Blaine <laughs> And he is, what, immediately furious? Yeah. I think, to be honest, and it's at this point I feel like Ducky becomes an unlikable character. At this stage of the movie, I mean, you get it, you understand why, but he is straight out the gate, extremely harsh <laughs> to uh, to Andy, saying, oh, he's going to dump you, leave you for, you know, and just, yeah, he's unnecessarily harsh, I think. I mean, this is a guy who's, what, 13 years just passionately loved her though yeah i can kind of understand where he's coming from yeah i get it but at the same time it's like ugh, it just, i just it's just not fun to watch and you're yeah. just like come on but <laughs> and so what they they end up going on their date they think he's gonna stand her up but he actually shows up and they go on probably what i would describe as a terrible date <laughs> Right. Would you agree? Let's go to your Richie party, which you will feel awkward, and we already know that. But let's just go ahead and do it anyways. And yeah, it's, it's a train train wreck from the beginning. They're immediately making fun of her from the first room they <laughs> walk away. in. Then they go upstairs, and uh, Steph is up there. Seems like he's a little tipsy, maybe making out with his girlfriend, <laughs> who is also the other bully. Also well, 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 half drunk as well. 
and immediately starts making fun of Andy about her clothes and <laughs> and they're just kind of sitting there awkwardly. This is like the terrible, terrible date. Everything is going poorly. <laughs> they have not had a charming moment yet. It is. It is weird. It's a weird thing because you think there's going to be like this time where it's like they connect, but then like really the date just is weird all the way through because then they go to the club and then there's this super awkward scene with uh, Ducky again where he's like yelling at both of them and up until the point where they just have to leave because he's like he won't stop. Uh One of my favorite Iona moments here is when Ducky, dumb, but he like grabs her and kisses her to supposedly make Andy feel bad. But I love Iona's reaction. She's just sitting there stunned as she like, she's like, this just takes a shot. <laughs> I was feeling it at that moment because she's like, what am I doing here with these kids? I just got, I just got smooched by a high schooler. So I, I, I love it. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes, actually, I think it's just that reaction. I laughed actually pretty hard at that. But what's so weird for me is like this date comes to an end and then they end up kissing, right? Am I remembering he, right? Okay, so what happens is he asks her to prom. And at that moment, it all changes. He, She kisses him. Well, first he, she she gets mad because she doesn't yes. want him to drive him home. Oh, gosh. And then he like still doesn't get it. And she has to yell at him. And then Feeling a little sorry for he him. He ends up point. driving her home despite what she didn't want him to and then yeah he he asked her to prom and then they kiss and then what's weird to me is then she goes inside and talks to her dad and says she thinks she's in love he's like what okay so you've been watching this boy and then you go out on this date that seems terrible and now all of a sudden you're ready to say you're in love with him because he wants to go to prom with you molly ringwald's character okay so in this movie it seems that most of these characters are trying to escape something either whether it's ducky being pining for her or dad missing his her mom but molly ringwald is mainly or annie is stable in this movie this is the one scene that i'm like this is weird and you probably should uh give yourself a little pause here but yeah i'm gonna give it to the movie just not not because it's good Mainly just because... I just thought there should have been another scene where, like, something happened to where it's like... What? Like, they oh, have one man, good date? you get me. <laughs> like, they go putt-putt golfing or something, and it's like, oh, you really get me. Yeah. Something. It, it would be like, you take a girl to Walmart on a date and go drive to McDonald's, run out of gas on the way, get in a fight. Because he, he, like, he also, like, half stands up for her. He, yeah. like, stands up for her, but he, like... He's just kind of like, oh, they're a bunch of bums, aren't they? Like, that's his way of standing up for it. It's like, no, you should be like, look, you guys are wrong. She's awesome. You guys are awful. See you later. Instead, he's just like, oh, you guys walk it off. Get out of here. Like, forget about it. Mm -hmm. Forget about it. We'll leave. I think it's important in these movies for if you're going to do a romance, you have to establish... The, whoever the romantic foil is, is someone that the audience likes and appreciates. And he's saying that she's in love with him doesn't make any sense to us no. because we don't really see him in a really good light in these scenes because he takes her, he gives her this horrible time. He's, he's somewhere halfway between Steph and Andy. He's yes. like, like he feels for Andy, but he also is good friends with Steph. And so he's like, you know, you still feel like, well, he's grown up with Steph. Like, obviously, they're close. They're buddies. That's what they keep saying to each other. Mm-hmm. So it's like, 
there's no reason to think that he's someone other than these, this Richie. He just other than him being interested in Andy. That's what's odd about the whole thing, really. Yeah, it's we like, see this time and time again. It always makes you question the male lead's judgment. It'll be like they're best friends with some complete jerk or a right. group of jerks. Like when it's like a thing, and she's all that too. Like when yeah. uh, he was friends with. Uh, Paul Walker's character, and he's like the worst. And so you're right. then that makes you question Freddie Prince Jr.'s she's character. All that. Yeah, she's all that. <laughs> we're gonna do do a. I don't even know who made that movie, so I guess we're not gonna do that <laughs> retrospective. But <laughs> but yeah, she's excited. She's going to prom, which is what she wants. But she's in love, I guess. So we're so then they have one it. more date at a barn where they go to the hunt club. That's what's happening, I guess. And, like, they sit in the stables and talk about how Blaine's family's awful. Yeah. That wasn't very a deep conversation. You, you know, it was just, it was the only, like, <clears throat> good, like, one-on-one they've had the entire movie. And I think the only one we'll really get until, like, things start to heat it's up. It's not even a deep conversation. It not would really. have been nice if there was a lot more to that. It's pretty basic, but something yeah. happens here. We're meant to believe something happens here in this scene where... Well, they're kind of talking about Andy's like, okay, yeah, forget those people who are putting all these expectations on you. They'll just do what you want, be who you want to be. And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> and he just kind of stares off into space. Well, there's space. a scene before that where he's talking to Steph, and Steph mm. kind of threatens him too. So that I think that was a little bit a part of it. Because Steph's like, you wouldn't want to lose a friend over this, would you? He's talking about himself? I think so. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay, buddy. Peace out. Bye. <laughs> Keep saying that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Get out of here. You're the worst. He's so bad. And he's also, like, his girlfriend's really bad. I forgot her name. Yeah. But, like, he's terrible to her, too. He's like, whatever. Yeah, don't touch me there. Uh, uh. He's he's literally, they do everything they can to make sure that you know he's the worst. And meanwhile, this is great. This is what I was talking about. Ducky is caught in the rain, just sitting on a mailbox, just head down, sad music playing, rain pouring on his head. It's just so dramatic and so hilarious. I kind of love it. <laughs> At this point, what? Uh, we get so Blaine. So this is the kinda, weird part. This is weird. Yeah. Where Blaine, ahead. for no reason, just stops talking to her, won't return her calls. And then we get to high school the next day, I guess. I'm not really sure. The timeline gets a little confusing here because... It seems like prom was a long ways off, and it seems like it's only like three days that pass between like mm-hmm. that first date and like the second date, and then the day in which he apparently doesn't like her anymore. Exactly, it's 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 not great. Things are falling apart, and it's it seems like her her dad is like lying to her that she he got a job, and yeah, and that leads to a big Forgot conversation. To mention that, yeah, about how he cannot let go of. His wife, her mother, who just left, I guess. So we're right. to assume that she just peaced out. She just stopped loving them is what they yeah. mentioned, which is very strange. <laughs> yeah. Well, Andy's sad about it in a kind of healthy way. Jack, the father, seems to be, like, crippled by it. Yeah. And so, big scene. I don't know if anything comes of it, because that seems to be the closure that we get for that character. That It's I, almost like it's just reinforcing, like, this is how much love is important i guess it's like Mm. if you find the love of your life this is how important it is to hold on to it which i guess they're trying to kind of relate back to like if blaine really is this person for andy like she needs to fight for him like despite what he may be doing now Mm -hmm. she needs to fight against that 
fight against the power of you know the Richies who are like trying to push them apart and like yeah. her friends like Ducky and I assume there's supposed to be some other ones that we don't know about but the people that she knows who are in her social class trying to like say like look you don't need to hang out with them like they're the super rich people they don't understand well there's that one friend at the at the uh, club that's sitting with them that <laughs> like doesn't say anything you remember that this no. has been this has been stimulating <laughs> the guy at the very beginning Iona and uh Andy are sitting at the club listening to music. I think so. And there's like the friend, and he says like one word. Classic. classic, He's like, what do you uh, think, Phil, or whatever his name was? (laughs) He's like, what? Yeah, sounds good. What a shining star in this film. Like, this has been... (laughs) Yeah, anyways. (laughs) So it's like, I get the the common thread in this movie is that like, it seems like everyone's trying to move past like what's holding them back to get what they want right you know or accepting a truth including james spader including james spader goodness gracious he's just gonna take what he wants apparently yeah and so at this point what what happens here the, this andy seems to confront right him about it which i'm gonna go ahead and say it i think I, i'm loving andy in this scene i think this yeah. is great this is yeah. something that a lot of these romance movies frustrate me to death when Someone will be acting strange and they obviously aren't communicating. And then the other character reciprocates. I mean, it's a classic thing that happens where just people are not communicating. But no, Andy is proactive in the scene. She is stepping up being like, no, tell me. Tell me the this truth. This is the sizzle reel here. Yeah. Her confronting him. This is the Oscar scene they cut out. Yeah. And she's great. Yeah. Like, as I said, I've seen her in The Stand. Not great. Here, I think Molly Ringwald is really good in this movie. Yeah. I think she has her moments. She definitely does. She draws me in. She makes me like this character. And I think she is deserving of You feel for of, her because it's like you understand as the audience that it's like, this doesn't make any sense. There's no reason for you to do this, Blaine. Why are you doing this? Yeah. So it's like she says what I would say if I was in her shoes. And that's what I like about it. Yeah. It's the thing that most in, in these situations where audience members are seeing the movie and some characters doing something that is annoying to them. She's doing the thing that the audience wants to do, just slap them across the face. Right. Like, what are you doing? What's going on? I think it's good. It's good writing when they do yeah. that. Hit the nail on the head like that. That's good. It's good. And so I think we have another big moment for, for a character that uh, ha- hasn't gotten a lot of good moments, I think in the middle of the movie, but something happens to Ducky that makes him do this. Sees I guess him. he he hears that it's seen. I think he kind of gets the understanding that Steph is the one who's been pushing Blaine to do this because of what they say on the stairs. That's what I yeah. got from it. Okay, so it he kind of like, understands that he's a good guy because this Ste- is because Steph's like, dude, just forget about her. She's not worth this. And that mm-hmm. Ducky hears that, and I think he kind of gets the idea. Okay, this is Steph really who's behind what Blaine's doing because Blaine's uh-huh. just like forget it and walks away from him. So instead of so that's when Blaine, Ducky's like, that's it. Which we, it's good, it's good to see, you know, you like to see this character get some sort of comeuppance. I mean, in a lot of other movies, it would be Ducky beating him up, but it just, it's kind of just a scuffle. No one really wins the fight, which is all you need to take that one character down to the other character's level to where he's kind of cocky at first, like, come on, man, come on. (laughs) And you're just like, get him, get him. Yeah. And so, yeah, it kind of works out the way that you feel like it's a victory, even though it's more like a tie. (laughs) But yeah, good scene. Yeah. I'm liking him in this He's scene. He's standing up for her. That's what matters yeah, most. It, it's sweet. It's nice. I like it. <laughs> so at this point, he we move on to 
Molly Ringwald, Andy, receiving the dress from her father yes. at the house because she's decided she's going to go to prom alone. But she's going to make a statement that they haven't defeated her, is what she says, Again, which I, yeah, I like think is a, is a good idea. That's you know that's where the script is like it. I think it's hitting on all cylinders in this kind of part. It's like okay, this makes sense. So she takes the dress, and then she there's a whole cut up scene where she's like you know making alterations and making it her own, and then mm-hmm. she finishes making it her own, which I don't know that she improved it that much. Oh wait, she also gets Iona's dress, and then like yes. I guess makes some combination of the two dresses. She fuses them, which together. is so strange to me. Like, does Iona know that she's gonna hack her dress up? It seems like, to mean a lot to her. So yeah, I, I thought she's that like too. She's like dancing at it earlier. This is, we, they skip the scene where she's furious over an ending of the relationship over this dress that she tore to shreds. <laughs> what yeah. do you think of the dress? I told we we said we weren't going to talk about fashion again, but hey, this is a sticking point, right? It, this, uh, it was this not for me. <laughs> Apparently, Molly Ringwald didn't like the dress either. She was yeah. like, I didn't like it, and so yeah. In, I feel like a movie not. called Pretty in Pink. They should have this like really awesome dress that she makes. Yeah, I mean, but, she looked fine, but dress. Ugh. Amber didn't like it either, so yeah, there it is. Clarification. It was busy. <laughs> a little busy. That's what I got from it. But yeah, too movie, much going on. Movie starting to wrap up here, and right. uh, goes to the prom alone, and another good scene. Which she's quickly not alone. It's very nice because <laughs> she. It, it seems like she's ready to just turn around and leave, anyways. And that's when Ducky's like shows up with his. What are those things called with the little the cinch thing? Oh yeah, not a bow tie. It's like the ca- Texas the cowboy cowboy the cowboy bow tie. We'll call it. It's an interesting <laughs> choice. But so whatever. he shows up looking cool, I guess, and then yeah, you're glad to see him in this in. moment, but yeah. just so she doesn't have to be alone. <laughs> the duck man. Yeah, the duck man wearing his duck shoes, but it kind of quickly goes a different way where you think, oh, this might be where romance blossoms between the two of them but it's quickly which a movie of this time she probably would have ended up with ducky because that's kind of how they that's Mm kind of how they write it in now but nope blaine comes over and uh what changes what happens in this moment to make him do this like he seems to have his mind made up before i think he this is I mean, this podcast is our opinion, so I'm going to make up a theory here. Okay, I'm gonna, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to say that, that Blaine has had time to think since then. Let's say it's been two days or something. We really don't know. Sure. It's been two days. He's been sitting at home, not being able to talk to her, realizing what he's done, done wrong. I think the point at which Steph came to him in the hallway and said that is like he's already been kind of fed up. And I think he's just had time to think about it and mull it over because at this point he figures out like – this is Steph wishing he was with her. Yeah. It's like he has an epiphany. And he sees himself, his, the potential himself in Steph. He looks at him and be like, this could be me. Right. Sees him like at being, again, very rude to right. his girlfriend. And right. he, he's like, this could be me. Is yeah. this who I want to be? And then he right. tells him off, basically. is like, yeah. she knew that you were awful and that drives you crazy. Yeah. And that you couldn't buy her. Yeah. So peace out. And then this is awkward. I don't know. This is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Ducky's just standing there when they're <laughs> holding her and then he comes and is yeah. like I love you <laughs> what's the line here it says something like I I couldn't be with anyone who couldn't accept me or right. whatever but you couldn't accept yourself right and so she kind of sees the truth and she's she's the character who she doesn't really change in this movie I don't think she's supposed to she's supposed to be like the steadfast one 
who she tells a lot of people what they need to hear yeah. is kind of a theme in the movie and exactly. that and that's what she does to blaine right here yeah, yeah and and ducky kind of like he she wa- he walks off and ducky kind of lets her go he's he does the noble thing is like he kind of accepts that you know she's not gonna love me like that's just not she's not the girl for me is what i feel like he's kind of saying in that like the subtext of what he actually says is yeah. like i accept that you know you're not interested in me and i am and i'll always be your friend but you know i understand that you you love him so you know i'm gonna let you go and do your thing and the fact that she allows him to kind of give her her permission like this is good because we would have we would have been not happy with her if she just pieces out and without without <laughs> ducky having anything to say with her he's like all right thanks for thanks for me not being alone ducky peace out bye yeah. Blaine. <laughs> but uh so I mean, we're not to feel too bad for Ducky because this is cheap. Obviously, it's cheap, but it's the, the moment she walks away... He quickly finds another girl. Who is very into him. <laughs> no other girl in this whole movie has been Just into him. But staring at him. <laughs> all of a sudden, bam. And we get, guess what? A fourth wall breaking scene. I know. He looks at the camera yeah. and gives his acknowledgement yeah. to the audience <laughs> that this is awesome. It's great. Man, this is a thing that happens in the 80s and 90s and I, I love it. I love it. It this okay, so it's one thing like Ferris Bueller where it's it's established that it's a movie where he breaks the fourth wall and narrates to the audience. Right. But there's these movies in where it'll happen once out of nowhere where it usually is like this yeah. where something like this will happen and a character will look look at the camera and sometimes, like in like the Devil's Advocate, he'll like say something, which yeah. is even yeah. funnier. <laughs> which it comes out of nowhere. Oh, the I love Devil's it. Advocate. Oh, it's so bad. It's so good. <laughs> and so they make out, and the movie's over. Was that that, that really it? He makes That's out with pretty Blaine, much it. And the movie's I'd over. Say so there's no post credit yep. scene like Ferris yep. Bueller. Yep. So okay, what do you think, Luke? How's this one do for you? you I mean, I I've really enjoyed this movie ever since I first saw it. I mm. just I don't know. I love the cast. John Cryer. I, I, I always love, well, I always like Molly Ringwald. I don't love her, but uh, John Cryer, Harry Dean Stanton. He's done so many great movies. Um, Annie Potts, just such a colorful character. And James Spader. It's mm-hmm. it's cool to have him in there. I mean, you know, he's kind of a dick, so. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> he can You can enjoy him, but... He's also annoying, obviously. But. Yeah, he's interesting to watch at least. Being, <clears throat> yeah. he's loving it. He's loving being the, the just the worst. And uh, Blaine, he, uh, Andrew McCarthy. I don't know his name very well, but I, I know I've seen his face in a lot of older movies. Mm-hmm. So I enjoy him as well. So overall, I mean, I just I really like this movie a lot. Yeah, this is well up there for me. For me, it, it lands kind of like in mid-range of like. I did like this movie. I like this. I think this was a, I was enjoying it all the way through. The 80s-isms of it are there to entertain me. But Molly Ringwald, I think, was the thing that, for me, put it over the top to me being like, I enjoy this movie and I'm with it. Because even though there's some weird uh, kind of choices as far as like uh, where the movie goes, I think she carries me through and makes me buy most of the stuff. The only thing I will say is a weakness of this movie. When there is a romance plot or whatever, where the romance is a big part of the movie, the other part pieces need to be good. Which I thought, you know, whether or not you're entertained by Blaine and Ducky, I, I did not think that 
that she should be with it, either of them. I was never rooting for either of them, being like, yeah, you got to be with Blaine, or yeah, you got to be with Ducky, which is interesting because I feel like audiences were torn as well. Yeah. Something that was a thing. John Hughes actually wrote in his original script that she would get with Ducky. It was actually flopped the other way around. Okay, right. And the studio intervened and was like, no, no, it's got to be with the, the attractive guy. Or whatever. <laughs> we're in the 80s here, after all. And so... It's actually it was happened so last minute. Even the novelization still has uh, her ending <laughs> up with Ducky at the end there, which I don't know if honestly watching the movie, I don't know which one I'd prefer because yeah. both of them kind of disqualify themselves for me at some point. Where to a point where I don't think they're awful people, but I'm not like, oh man, they're right. great. Don't you, you got to see Andy that they're great or whatever? No, I'm just kind of like, okay, she, she never that makes one. this crazy connection with either one on no. film. No. You feel like she has with Ducky at some point, but you, you don't really see it in the scenes in the movie. Half the time she's either annoyed by him or mad at him. Or he it, just leaves in the middle of what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, and we don't really get any great scenes with Blaine either. So as a as a coming-of-age movie, this works. But for as a romance, it's just whatever. There's nothing that happens that I'm like, I'm hating this. Where I've seen a lot of romance chick flick movies where I'm just like, this is... Oof, I don't like any of these people, right, but right. this is not one of those. Molly Ringwald carries me through it, and so I think she is great in this and makes me enjoy the movie a lot. So I think it's a, it's a good one. Absolutely. <laughs> you heard what I said, so yeah. I recommend you see it. And yeah, Andrew cool. Dice Clay. <laughs> Andrew Dice Clay, baby. Yikes. <laughs> oh, thank you, guys. Yeah, Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, um, Luke. We will see you guys on episode three, which I'm not sure which one we're doing, Jordan. Which one are we doing? In the John, Let's John Hughes movie club or book club or whatever you want to do it. I think we're going to look at weird science on our next Ooh. episode. So this is one I haven't seen, and I think Jordan has seen it. Right? Not in a long time, okay. though, but I have seen it. So it'll be somewhat new for both of us. Very inappropriate <laughs> for young Jordan, but... <laughs> Old Jordan should be able to handle it. So it should be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you guys for listening. Uh, Come back next time. See you later. If you'd like, you can follow us on Twitter at Candlecast, or you can follow me at PaintMeJordan. If you enjoyed Breakfast with Candles, check out our other podcast called Improperly Packaged, a show where we unbox topics relating to movies, TV, games, whatever. Thanks for listening. See ya.